Good morning. I know we're missing a lot this morning. A lot of people are traveling or sick or whatever reason or just slept in this morning because they're in a food coma from yesterday. Sometimes that happens. <laughs> it's good. Uh, I pray that your week has been good and that uh, Christmas was wonderful yesterday and you got a time to, to spend with your family, uh, time to just uh, worship and praise our Lord and Savior. And... Uh, uh, what a great day, and what a what a day for the Lord, uh, for sure. And so, it is good. Um, I got to tell you though, you guys are amazing, and uh, I want to say thank you because you all uh, uh, brought uh, my family many gifts, and uh, it was wonderful. And so, I, I will tell you, you know how to make a a preacher with pastoral duties and his family smile. And so thank you for all the gifts and, and uh, uh, food and everything. It was, it was truly wonderful. So thank you, thank you for that um, from my family and, and me. That's from us to you. So thank you. And um, today's the last Sunday of December, which also means it's the last Sunday of 2021. Uh, I don't know if I'm sad or happy about that, I'll just say. I, I don't know, but it's been an amazing year. It truly has been an amazing year. There's been some, some difficulty, right? When you look at the big old world, there's some difficulty. But 2021 has been an amazing year for, for the kingdom of God. I truly believe that. Um, people have, have uh, uh, come to the Lord seeking, and that is amazing, and it's good. It's, it's been an amazing year for Beecher Island. Uh, it's been good, and... and uh, I will tell you, there's been many people this year who have come through that door. Um, some have decided to stick around with us that are all messed up, <laughs> and that's good. Um, so, we, you know what? Many have decided to stay uh, once they come through those doors, and they continue to come back. And, and I just want to say that if in 2021 you chose Beach Island to be your home church, welcome. Thanks for being here. Um, and... and uh, if you know, if you have anything to say that's really good, come talk to me. If it's bad, go to any one of the elders and tell them. Okay, so no, it's good. We we are so glad that you're here, and man, it's been um, it's been an amazing year. Um, Alyssa told me the other, or Casey, Casey told me the other day that Dad, um, it's a one year anniversary of of your study of John, and I was like, what? We've been in it for a year already. Uh, but I, I think so. We've been in it for a year. And then it made me realize that um, 2022 might take up John also. Just so you know, all right? We might be in it for a while. I took, I took last week off so that we could just um, have a, we'll call it a Christmas sermon, a Christmas Sunday. And, and, but today we're, we're getting back into the Gospel of John. Before we go there, though, I want to say every Sunday I say that we are, Nathan, listen. <laughs> an independent, non-denominational, Jesus-loving Bible preaching church. And you know what? I, I don't um, say it just to be a broken record. I, I don't say it because I, I think it's a cute little saying. I say it because I believe it. I say it because I believe that we are all about God's Word, not about religion. We're all about God's Word and His grace. And not about works. 
Not about us. Not about us trying to seek salvation because we can't do it. It's all through Him. It's all through Him and a choice that we have been given to choose Him or not. And that's why I say it. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and, and that not of yourself, it is a, the gift of God, not as a result of works, so that no one can boast. I say it because we boast in Jesus Christ, our Lord. We don't boast in self, and I just love that. I love that we're not about anything but Him. Now, I will tell you, we mess it up. Don't get me wrong. But we keep striving to be about Him. And I love that about Beecher Island. Uh, as I said, we're going to get back to the Gospel of John. So if you want to open up your Bibles, turn them to, to John chapter 12. Um, John chapter 12. Uh, I hope that you know this verse already, but... But I'm going to say it as to why John wrote what he wrote. Why did John give us the Gospel of John? And he gives it right to us. In John chapter 20, verse 31, he says, But these things are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you'll have life in His name. A salvation statement. An amazing statement. And that's why he wrote this. And that's why we have the Gospel of John and what a blessing it is to have it. Let's go to Him in prayer before we do some reading. Father God, I thank You. I thank You for this morning. I thank You for each person here. I thank You for, for every individual in this church that, that uh, steps out of their comfort zone and helps and, and, and uh, sings and, and uh, uh, leads us in that and is part of this body we thank You for every person who has come here this year, Lord, that You have sent here to be a part of this church. And they've made the choice to, to keep coming back. And we just thank You for them. I thank You for every person that's here. No matter how long they've been coming, what a blessing it is to have each one of them here to, to worship and to fellowship and to praise You. God, I, I pray this morning that... Uh, as we work through this little section of uh, uh, John chapter 12, the truth will be said, and you'll give us understanding, Lord. I pray that through it all, though, we come closer to You because we come closer to You in our relationship. God, I thank You. I thank You for calling us friend. I thank You for the relationship that You seek with us. Thank You. And it's in Your name, Jesus, that I pray. Amen. All right, John chapter 12, and we're going to be in verse, uh, start in verse 20. Start in verse 20. Now, when there were some Greeks among those who went up to worship at the feast, they came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida and Galilee, with a request. Sir, they said, we would like to see Jesus. Philip went to tell Andrew. Andrew and Philip in turn told Jesus. Jesus replied, the hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. I tell you the truth, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. The man who loved his life will lose it, while the man who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Whoever serves me must follow me, and where I am, my servant also will be. My Father will honor the one who serves me. Now my heart is troubled. And what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour? No, 
It was for this very reason I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Amen, amen. Uh, Jesus, um, Jesus drops a bombshell to his disciples here. That, that's what I'm going to call it. Uh, he, he just lays it out to his disciples. And there's, there's a lot to dig into here. We're going to set some of it aside. We're going to come back to it later. But he drops this, this bombshell to his disciples. Jesus has been saying all the way up to this point, my hour has not yet come. My hour has not yet come. My hour has not yet come. And then all of a sudden he says, my hour has come. My hour has come to be glorified. I'm just going to leave that right there for you, just so you know. <laughs> I wanted to get it on your minds, but I'm just going to, going to set it aside. We're going to come back to it in the near future. But we're going to, we're going to set it aside as we, as, we, as we look at the rest of this. Because then uh, Jesus gives this teaching to His disciples. He gives this teaching to them and to us. And so we got to pay attention to it because again, He says, Verily, verily, I say unto thee. Which means, church, focus, eyeballs, eyeballs, right? You need to get this, Jesus is saying. Hey, I want you to hear this. I want you to understand it. I want you to put it into your heart because you need to grasp it. You need to hear what I'm saying. And so He says, Unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Now I'll tell you that I believe that this statement was made by Jesus for Himself and also for His followers. He was talking about Himself, and, we'll, and we're going to talk about that first, and, and then He talks about His followers. Now I know that there's lots of farmers in our church, and you know about seeds and planting way, way better than I do. You would not want me farming for you. I'll just tell you that. Yeah. But anyway, a seed. He's talking about a, a, a seed of wheat, right? And, and if it just falls on the ground, not into the ground, but just throw it on a rock, we have a, we have a parable, right, of, of the seed being cast out and what happens when it's not in good soil. This is talking about good soil. This is talking about uh, uh, this seed of wheat being put into the ground. But, but this seed has to die in order for it to produce grain. It has to fall into the ground, die, and then grow. Jesus is referring to Himself as a grain of wheat, and if He did not die, He would abide alone in heaven. And I'll be honest with you, I've never even thought about that. But if Jesus didn't die, He would he'd be in heaven by Himself. He would, no sinner would be in there. No, no sinner would be in heaven with him. He, he would, him and God would be up there. That was never God's plan from the get-go. It was never His plan for just Him and Jesus to be, and the Holy Spirit, to be all in, in heaven, right? I mean, that, that was not His game plan. His game plan was for us to be there. Because if He died, He would provide the only way the only way of salvation. It was only if He died we would have a way to true life. It was laid out. Listen, God wants us to be in heaven with Him. He wants His people there. 
He, he, he wants His people there to be with Him. His love is, an, is amazing and His plan has been amazing from the get-go. His love is amazing. Romans 5.8 says, But God demonstrated His own love towards us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Amen, amen. But listen, we can't do anything on this earth to gain it. He did it. He did it. It's not us at all. He died for us so that we can be with Him. Not us. Not by our, our, our doing, but His love. His, his love is uh, so amazing that my brain struggles to understand the, the depth of love that He had to die for us. But, but let me tell you this, it, it's truth whether my brain can wrap around it or not. It's truth whether your brain can wrap around it or not. It's His truth that He died for you. Jesus stated His statement with the hour, He, he started it with the hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. He, he started out with this, the hour has come for Him to be crucified on the cross, taking all of our sin to the cross and, and dying right there. It died there. The hour has come for Him to be laid in the ground. Dead. Dead. Yeah. And then rising from the grave. Rising from the grave. Just as a wheat kernel would rise up uh, uh, dead, and now grows a rich harvest. Jesus did the same thing. Giving salvation to who all, all who call upon His name. Giving salvation to all who call upon His name. The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. We'll get to more of that. But not only did this principle of death apply to Jesus, but it also applies to His followers. It applies to us, to me. You see, Jesus went on to say, Verily, verily, I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. Anyone who loves their life will lose it, while anyone who hates their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Whoever serves me must follow me, and where I am, my servant also will be. My Father will honor the one who serves me. You know, a lot of people in this world think that um, the things in this life are pretty important. Food, maybe not today, but... Two days ago, maybe we thought that. No. Food, clothing, pleasures, money, social media, and a whole laundry list of other things that we can name off. That, that we as people can put a great importance on. I mean, I think that's just being truth. That, uh, let's be real about it. It's the things of this world. The things of this world that bring us great pleasure. And don't get me wrong, God has placed things in this world for us to enjoy. Uh, he does not want us to just crawl up into a corner and a corner and, and and not enjoy what he's done, what he's given us, what he what he's put on this earth. There's amazing things for us to enjoy, have fun with, right? But there's a difference here that he's laying out. The problem is when when people live for these things, when when we uh, 
when we allow them to become our masters, he talks about money. But possessions can become our master too. Many things in this world can become our master. And even if we don't want to admit it, it doesn't mean that it's not true. When these things become your life, when, when you live for these things, and you become about loving your life more than anything else. And we fail to realize that the soul is more important than the body. The soul is more important than the body. And Jesus is saying, by neglecting your soul's welfare, you lose life. And he's talking about heaven. On the other hand, there are those who count all things lost for Christ. To serve Him, they forego things that are highly prized by this world. These are the people who will keep their lives for eternal life. Listen, to love yourself and hate one's life means to love Christ more than you love your own interest. The things of this world. I pray that I can say Galatians 2.20. This has been a verse for me this year. And, and, I, and I, um, I probably didn't read it enough. We'll just go with that. Galatians 2.20 says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. That's what Jesus is saying right there. That's what he's laying out. 1 Corinthians 15.31 also lays it out. Paul says, I affirm, brethren, by the boasting in which I have in Christ Jesus our Lord, I die daily. I die daily. And then again in 1 Corinthians 15.36, he says, How foolish! What you sow does not come to life unless it dies. Jesus laying it out there for us. We've got to give up our own life. See, Jesus continues this point in verse 26 of John chapter 12. He says, Whoever serves me must follow me, and where I am, my servant also will be. My Father will honor the one who serves me. To truly serve Christ, we have to follow Him. To, certainly, to, to, to truly serve Him, we have to, we have to follow Him. And I know I've said it before, but every time I gather with my family, Pretty much every time I gather with my family, they, they remind me of when I was just a fan of Jesus. Of, of when I truly didn't follow. I knew who Jesus was. I think I loved Him, but I didn't follow Him. And, and they remind me of all those times of when I was, we'll just say an idiot. Yeah, let's go there. And then somewhere along the way, I made the decision to be a follower of Jesus. To love Him more than I loved my life. To love Him more than anything in this world. To put His will before mine. And I will tell you, I've messed it up. I've messed it up. I'll continue to mess it up. And I'll get it backwards probably more often than I want to admit but I was tired of being a fan. I was tired of sitting on the sideline cheering on Jesus when He's saying, come on, son. I, need, I, I want you with me. 
I want you doing my will, not yours. And I finally made the decision to get off the sideline and be a child. You know, uh, the difference now is that it hurts my heart when I do wrong. The difference now is that, that it keeps me awake at night when, when I can't just stop thinking about how I was wrong, how I did evil, how I did something that was not right. Because I am seeking the forgiveness. I'm seeking what I need to do in my life to change what I'm doing so I won't do it anymore. Paul lays it out pretty good in Romans 7, 14 through 25. And if you want to turn there with me, go to, go to Romans 7. Romans 7, and I, and I... I think if we're going to be a true follower, we have to understand what Paul is saying here. Because this is real life. This is, this is being a follower. Romans 7, 14 through 25. It says, We know that the law is spiritual, but I am unspiritual. Soul is a slave to sin. I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do. But what I hate, I do. And if I do what I do not want to do, I agree that the law is good. That is not Dr. Seuss, that is Paul, alright? <laughs> Saying what I want to do, I do not do. But what I hate to do, I do. And if I do what I do not want to do, I agree that the law is good. Verse 17, as it is, it is no longer I myself who do it, but it is sin living in me. For I know that, for I know that good itself does not dwell in me that is in my sinful nature for i have the desires to do what is good but i cannot carry it out for i do not do the good i want to do but the evil i do not want to do this i keep on doing now if i do what i do not want to do it is no longer i who do it but it is sin living in me that does it so I find this law at work, although I want to do good, evil is right there with me. For in my inner being, I delight in God's law. But I see another law at work in me, waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within me. What a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death? Thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen, amen. Thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ our Lord. That's what he's saying. He's saying, hey, my hour's come to be glorified. And I'm going to go be laid in the ground and I'm going to die. But I'm going to rise up so that you can have a place with me. And he says, you're still going to fall short. You're going to mess it up. But, but I want you to follow me. I want you to be with me. And I'll pick you up. I'll dust you off. I'll bring you along. And what you want to do, you're going to have to strive to do it. Because the evil in your life, the flesh that you are surrounded by is going to drag you down. The flesh that is around you is going to want to make you make bad choices. 
The flesh that is in us, the flesh that we have and the heart that we have, the mind that we have, wants to do evil. And if you disagree with me, read that again. He says you have to strive for it. You've got to choose to do the good. Because the bad is the na nature of us. <clears throat> he said you've got to strive for it. It's only through Jesus Christ, though, that we can have this life. It's only through Jesus Christ that we can have the strength. It's only through the Holy Spirit being placed in us because of Jesus that we can make the choice to do good. You see, we must apply the examples of His death to ourselves. In Luke 9.23, Jesus says, If anyone wishes to come after Me, he must deny himself. He must die to himself. Pick up His cross and follow Me. Daily. Daily. Church, it's a choice, though. I want you to hear that. It is an absolute choice. A choice whether you're going to follow or not. Just like it's a choice to accept Jesus into your heart or not. It's your choice. Nobody else's. Listen to me, if you make the choice to confess Jesus Christ as your Lord and you, you believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you'll be saved. It tells us that automatically you have salvation. That's not what we're talking about here. What Jesus is saying, hey, to follow me, you've got to make some choices. To follow me, you have to die to self. And let me tell you, when you do that, there's great news. There's great news. Jesus says in that, He, he promises His followers constant presence and protection from the Master. That's what He's laying out in verse 26. See, and this applies to not only the present life, but eternal life too. I can't imagine. Service for the Lord now will receive God's approval in the coming day. But listen to me. Listen. When we choose to follow, we're going to suffer. There's going to be reproach. But it will be nothing in compared to the glory being publicly displayed by our God when we're in heaven. I can't wrap my mind around what it'll be like when God gives me high five in heaven. <laughs> I, you see, I don't, I don't want to be a fan on the sideline. I'm not okay with just accepting Jesus Christ and then living my life here and doing whatever I want to do. He, he says, come follow me. Die to yourself. Die to yourself and follow me. That's what I want to be. That's what I, I want to strive to do. I want to, I want to try to stop making the choices that are of the flesh. See, in following Jesus, we have to lose our life. So that we can truly have life with Him. And that's what He's laying out to His disciples and to us. <clears throat> and when we do that, that 
That is when we can witness. That is when we can, we can go and evangelize. We can see a harvest. Today's the day to decide that you're going to be a follower, not a fan. But it's a choice that you have to make. Nobody can make it for you. Nobody can make it for you. Today's this day to just uh, stop being of the flesh and be a servant of Jesus Christ. But you know what? If that servant word offends you, it's okay. He already said, I don't call you a servant. I call you a friend. He wants to be your friend. He wants you to follow him. In a way that the world will shame you. And that's okay. It's okay. I want to encourage you to make that choice today. I'm going to invite the praise team up, the music team come up and sing, but I'm so grateful that Jesus said my hour is come. I'm so grateful that, he, that that was the plan from the get-go and that He followed through on His plan because He was perfect. But if you have not been followed, if you've just been cheering Jesus on from the sideline. Today's the day. Today's the day to make the choice for yourself to follow. Maybe I'm getting ahead of myself. Maybe you haven't made the choice to allow Him to be your Lord. And if that's the case, today's the day. Today is the day to say, Jesus, You are Lord. You're the Lord of my life. Today's the day to know that He was risen from a grave for you. His whole life was lived for you. And I want you to know that. And so if you have not confessed Him as Lord, today's the day. If you have not made the decision to, to just lay it all out and die to yourself and follow, today is the day to do that. And if you've made that choice, but you've not stepped in the water to be baptized, to say, man, Jesus, You are my Lord to all who can hear. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. If you've not been baptized, let's talk about it. Whatever's stopping you, lay it aside. Lay it aside. Father God, I just thank You so much for this morning. I thank You for Your teaching. And, I, and Lord, you, you showed us first. You literally showed us that Your hour has come and that You went to a grave to die for us. You didn't just tell us that we need to die to self. You died, taking all of our sin, nailing it to the cross. Coming up out of the grave, just as you told your disciples would happen. And we're gonna we're gonna read more about that, Father, and it's gonna be good. But I pray that we understand the teaching that you have laid out, Jesus. We gotta die to self, and and we'll mess it up, just as Paul said. For what I want to do, I cannot do. Jesus, you're with us. You're with us every step of the way. God, you're with us. You protect us and you guide us. Lord, I pray for every person in here this morning that, that their comfort zone expands greatly in following you. And they step out there in faith 
and witness and allow you to be our everything. Lord, I pray that we love you more than anything in this life and we allow you to be everything in our life. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. If you need prayers this morning, I'd love to pray with you. Stand and sing.